You're listening to Storytellers. Four minds, one story, all entertainment. to the first episode of Storytellers. I'm Rashad, and today we are joined by four storytellers who have come together to weave an awesome tale for you. The rules of storytellers are simple. One person starts off with a story based off of three cards that we draw from a box. They tell their part of the story for anywhere from one to five minutes. And then they send that story off to the next person. And the next person hears that and tells their part of the story for one to five minutes. When they send their part off to the third person, that's when things get dicey. See, the third person doesn't get to hear what the first person said at all. So they don't know what the beginning of the story was. They only know what the second person did. From that, they will record a one to five minute section and send it off to the fourth person. The fourth person who's closing out the story, more often than not, has no idea what happened in the first or second parts of the story. And so they try and conclude a story that they don't know the first half of. We then come together on this show, and we each hear the other people's section of the story. We discuss what they were thinking about. We discuss what we think is going to happen next. It's a combination of a few things. Telephone mixed with the old-fashioned art of storytelling. And we're glad you're with us. Today, we're joined by my esteemed co-host, Erica. Erica, how are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm just short of spectacular. I just saw uh, Ready Player One for the second time in two days. It's a thing. We might talk about <laughs> it later. Um, so much We are ace. also joined by the esteemed, the awesome, the Jess. Jess, how are you? I am fabulous. Thank you very much. And last but not least, the in Incredible, the wonderful, the ultra intelligent, the black, Aaron <laughs> Freeman. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, in the background, we have our uh, producer extraordinaire, LSPN, the light skinned pretty nigga. <laughs> Ricky, what's going on? Da, na, na, da, na, na. Nigga. Nigga. <laughs> so, the four. That's just what I do. Sorry. This story is based off of a person with a devastating secret under a full moon in a guessing game gone wrong. I just want to warn you all from the gate that the stories don't always end the way that they start off. I'm just going to say that as a disclaimer. I'm not saying that because <laughs> I went last or anything. I'm just saying that this shit happens. <laughs> and y'all need to just enjoy the fact that we are artists and we're sensitive about our shit. <laughs> if you want to fight me, at me or dap me. But, um, yeah. So, with that said, I believe the order for this story was Erica went first. Mm -hmm. And then Jessica. 
and then Aaron ran Freeman, and then myself, I closed out. So with that said, Rick, go ahead and play Erica's part. I am literally dying to know how this whole thing got started. <laughs> Come on, Henry. What are we even doing out here? It's the middle of the night. It's cold. There ain't no more beer. Look, I didn't bring you with me to bitch. You said you were looking for work, right? <sighs> right. And you don't want them to cut off your benefits, right? <sighs> right. Good. Then stop bitching and help me move this. This turned out to be a long metal trunk fastened to the truck bed with bolts and screws and a long piece of faded yellow twine. Daniel eyed the box. It looked heavy. Heavier than he and Henry could hope to lift on their own, especially since Daniel had a bad back. Not as bad as the man at the benefits office thought, but bad enough. And Henry was less than a buck fifty soaking wet and with his afro picked all the way out. No. No, this looked like bullshit. Henry. This looks like bullshit. What? I can't lift this, and neither can you. Oh, man. Come on. It's light. Just got a couple of shovels and shit in it. Why are we going into the middle of the woods with shovels? You mean you haven't figured it out? Have I ever, in the 15 years we've known one another, asked you some shit I already knew the answer to? Henry snorted a laugh and clambered up onto the bed of the truck. He straddled the box and started unfastening screws and unlatching bolts. Damned if that box didn't look bigger the more Henry unfastened it from its tethers. Henry, I'm for real. What the shit, man? You really don't know? Hell no. All right, then. Guess. Daniel stared at Henry as if staring at him could somehow make him cease bullshitting long enough for Daniel to figure out whether or not this whole endeavor was worth the trouble, or not. Or don't guess, damn, you'll figure it out soon enough. Henry stood up and kicked the trunk lightly with one boot. It made a hollow, wavering sound, and the metal bowed in briefly, then wobbled back into place. Slowly, with repeated kicks that were careful and mild, Henry coaxed the box to the edge, then hopped down from the truck bed and grinned at Daniel. You going or staying? You got any beer in that thing? <laughs> Maybe. Well, now I know you're full of shit. Daniel sighed and reached for the handle on the near side. Ready? Yeah, yeah. All right, on three. One, two... The box was deceptively light, but there was a shifting weight at the bottom that rolled like water, not shovels. No noise came from inside at all, and it was definitely lighter than it should have been, even with just a couple of shovels and maybe two beers at the bottom. We digging up someone's horticulture project? Henry laughed and led the way through the woods silvery moonlight from the full moon casting shifting shadows along what could only be called a trail if one were very generous. To Daniel, it looked more like the occasional bear patch covered in pine needles, interspersed with bushes, kudzu, and what might be poison ivy. 
Is that poison ivy? I don't know. Don't rub your ass on it and we'll be fine. Henry. Yeah? I'm serious, man. What are we doing out here? You done guessing already? Well, if it's not someone's stash, then... Shit, I don't know. What is there to dig up out here? What? Indeed. That's it. <laughs> that so much. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I wasn't ready at all. I was not prepared emotionally, physically. I'm just like, oh, well, I mean, there goes the rest of the show. <laughs> just, I guess I'll go. I'm just going hit this Xbox. I'll be on the camera, but I'll just hit this Xbox. <laughs> I think I want to ask mm-hmm. who the fuck is Henry like <laughs> like wait 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 as a person who went last I can ask this question <laughs> like okay, okay. Um, what was going through your head when you wrote this story so um I'm thinking that Daniel has a little bit of a a drinking problem, as we can tell. And uh, Henry is using him as bait for something out in the middle of the woods. Oh, well, all right then. (laughs) Well, all right. (laughs) Daniel has a drinking problem and Henry is baiting him out to the woods. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, okay. All right. I am thrilled. <laughs> thrilled to find out where this shit went sideways. <laughs> because the title of this show will be Who the Fuck is Henry? <laughs> okay. I'm sorry Henry didn't make it to your uh, portion of the story. I quite liked him. I kind of, I, I quite like Carlos. <laughs> huh? huh? <laughs> Carlos was a good man. <laughs> he just wanted to be a good daddy. <laughs> and he was for part of it. He was. Check out the pilot episode for more. <laughs> good man and good daddy. <laughs> so, uh, Jessica, when we play your part, um, we're going to find out a lot of stuff, right? Like, this is, you literally had this. This story was in mm-hmm. your hands. Mm-hmm. You took it to a place where none of us were going to expect. I'm, I'm expecting. I'm just guessing. I was the last person in the, in the, at the party. By the time I got there, everybody was gone. The only thing that was left was three crackers and a <laughs> and a dried-up ham circle. So y'all ate before I got there, but you're the one who took the biggest bite. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm actually excited about this bit too, because oh. I, I think it works well and it has a nice little twist on things. Well let's listen. Yeah, I really want to know what Aaron did with it, but we'll get yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the journey well, has to happen. So Rick, go ahead and uh play up Jessica's part. Daniel stared at the ceiling of his tent blankly an unfamiliar feeling gathering in his stomach. He wasn't sure where, 
He also wasn't sure what the feeling was, but he was sure he didn't like it. Beside him, a familiar light flashed across his tablet, followed by four names. Agnes Martin, 85, stroke. Daniel Bailey, 45, car accident. Sam Harris, 25, fire. April Lane, 10, drowning. He sighed heavily and turned the tablet face down. Not today, he muttered. This was how it was done now. Technology made things easier, but it was something he still didn't understand. He didn't understand why humans use these contraptions so much, and he didn't understand why they made him switch to this new gadget when things were just fine how they were. But it was his job, and he was outvoted. <clears throat> He shuffled the tablet into his backpack and set about getting dressed to head back into the city. Something blue. Maya liked blue. Or was it green? He couldn't remember, but he tried. Although he didn't care for humans in general, there were a few exceptions. His neighbor Henry, who he actually considered a friend and had decided to come on a last-minute camping trip with. Henry was friendly enough and just thought of Daniel as a regular guy who was disabled and out of work due to an injury. Keeping up the charade was tiresome, but it kept suspicion away, and it gave him a way to be able to afford accommodations. And there was Maya. Maya was special in her own way. He normally did his best not to get attached to any one human, but when he bumped into her one day after getting coffee, he felt something. He didn't know what, but something about the way her hair rose towards the sun and how beautiful brown skin had just a hint of a glow made him pay attention. Why he asked her out, he doesn't know, but he'd been seeing her regularly for about a month now and found himself wanting to tell her everything. He just couldn't bring himself to do it. They hadn't been intimate yet, to his relief. And somehow, even though he always came up with an excuse to avoid touching her, she never got angry, never got suspicious, and never asked questions. He went with Blue to be on the safe side. As he thought he heard somewhere, it was a relaxing color for humans, and he wanted her to be as relaxed as possible when he told her the truth today. No, he couldn't tell her. She would probably be afraid and never speak to him again. Then what? If he had to be stuck in this place, at least he had her company. He took off his shirt, laying back down on the sleeping bag, and sighed. A letter. People still did those, right? A text message. That seemed to be the main way humans communicated. Perhaps he should tweet her. He shook his head and fished out a notepad and pencil from his bag. A letter it is. I'll mail it to her. And then if she does decide to never see me again, at least I won't have to look at her. He began writing. His phone buzzed in his pocket. Who would be calling him this early? He pulled out his phone, wiping the layer of dirt from the screen. It was Maya.
Interesting. That's good. Mm-hmm. What a big sigh. That is that is lovely. That is like literally. That is. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Like that was a great story. That was. I feel so bad now. <laughs> <laughs> um. What was one three you had when you wrote that? Or when um, you spoke that? Well, actually, you know what? I did write it this time because I thought that'll be much more organized and then I can, you know, throw caution to the wind in the middle if I feel like it. But, um, yeah, I wanted Daniel to have the secret. Um, I, I don't know if I should give away what I wanted the secret to be. Is it a spoiler? Yeah, because nobody else knows. Yeah, yeah, nobody else knows. Yeah. Okay, Everybody sweet. probably didn't write off on it. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wanted Daniel to be death in the story um which is why he could not touch maya or anything else and um yeah he's trapped here and you know his cover story is that he's just an out-of-work disabled guy who likes to drink beer and you know there's two humans that he likes and henry's one of them (laughs) there you go Uh, so so basically and that's beautiful honestly you made Daniel into Meet Joe Black. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a little more personality than uh, Joe Black. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm impressed. I am. I, 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 I have no reason not to be. You're an excellent storyteller, but that was phenomenal. That was mm-hmm. very kind of you to say. Thank you. <clears throat> so, Aaron, after well, you heard that part. Uh, well, Erica. Hmm. What do you think about the way the story's progressing? Oh, I think this is actually so romantic and much better than what I was going to do because I was headed towards evil. Oh, the evil. <laughs> Just as like redeemed me. This is this touches my heart. Aww. So sweet. Now it goes off the rails, doesn't it? <laughs> there are no comments there because Aaron went before I did. So, um, Aaron, after hearing this part and... Any hearing Erica's part? Any thoughts? I um, am waiting when I hear my part, then I just I have things to say, but I have things. I, I was very, I, I, it's very, just, it's good. It's good. That's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. LSPN, let's get it. The problem with Daniel was that he's been working too long. All professions innovate, including deaf. Out want the black robes, the scythes, the bony fingers. In came the internet, smartphones, and tablets. Old problems, new solutions, I said. Required more agents, more coverage to meet increased demand, so it became less of a game of intimidation and more about efficiency. People have to die every day, and the show must go on. This means that Daniel, the veteran of the occupation, has to change with the times and adapt. However, since death became a people company, it came with some costs. Operators must learn more about their client before serving them, which becomes a pain when one of your clients is someone you enjoy. Part of the whole skull and hood routine was that whomever you were charged with removing was terrified. What Daniel learned is that it's for the safety of the operators, too. You can't get too attached to someone who's terrified of you. 
It prevents conflicts of interest. And as the phone rang, Daniel thought about Maya, her incredible warmth and presence, her ability to command a room with kindness, to command him with kindness. But here she is on the phone. Now is as good a time as any. New era, new solutions, indeed. Jessica? Yes? How are you feeling after hearing Aaron's part? I'm actually a little bit emotional. Um, in a good way, because it was like, oh, yay, he figured out that Daniel was supposed to be deaf. Um, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> You're right! You know, it's a great thing, but then it's also like, well, you know, was it too obvious? Did I not, like, put too much layer on it? But, you know, fuck it, I'm happy. And it was great. And mm. uh, I'm, I'm so happy with where you took it. It's Emotional. <laughs> I love it. And yes. I love how it's how it's shaping out and fleshing out and growing and mm-hmm. yeah, it feels it just feels wonderful. Even death is looking for work-life balance out there. That's rough. Yeah. I, rough. I had told uh, my beloved wife Misha that Aaron wrote the most powerful one minute and thirty-three second story I had ever heard mm-hmm. in my entire life. Like just hearing how death had evolved and everything, it struck me right to my chest. Like, that was awesome. Um, Aaron, what were your, your thoughts when you uh, wrote that ass, when you wrote that part? I was, um, I was listening to, I was listening to music, so I was, I was actually, um, I, I was listening, I was just like, I guess, I said to myself, I was like, I wonder if this guy is the Grim Reaper. He should be the Grim Reaper. And then, <laughs> And I was like, the Grim Reaper is like the Grim, because I live in Oakland, so I'm like, the Grim Reaper, that should be like a .com by now, wouldn't it? Like, <laughs> it'd be like Lyft or Uber, really, like a global thing. I was like, yeah, I could go ahead and do that. So yeah. Right. Yeah, this is the clients, agents, there's all types of plans, you know, it's a, it's a known, it's a known quantity. Humans know that death is a .com. You can go to the office if you want, you know. Yeah. The past clients and uh, no referrals though, no references. Um, <laughs> like, hey, hey, Death was supposed to be here ten minutes ago, but the GPS sits in the wrong way. That's why you should use Waze and not Google. By the way, Waze, we're taking advertisers. Um, <laughs> and we love you, Waze. I just want to say that this is the beauty of this um, of storytellers is when you get four different minds who creates such a vivid tale. Um, and so far, we are three for three. And I am just so sorry. <laughs> I'm so You're selling good. yourself short. See, today I woke up and my head was hurting and stomach was bubbling. And <laughs> this story came out and I just, I got excuses on top of excuses about what happened. But I think that it's best if y'all just you're gonna be great just, just bring us home you're gonna take us to the finish line <laughs> i believe in you we do said, that's good for you <laughs> aaron you wrote a wonderful part and we all agree upon that lsbn go for it the conversation was brief Daniel asked if they could meet, and Maya said yes, in the usual spot, and hung up. 
<laughs> the usual spot. The arcade down on 38th and La Centennial. Where they first met. He was playing Papa Shot. Just while on the way some time before his next operation. And she was playing skee-ball. Her laugh twinkling, jingling in the air like wind chimes on a lovely afternoon. And he looked over and was struck at how free she seemed, how open, and how obviously happy she was. For a moment, he thought about leaving everything behind and being just as free as she, but everybody has priorities, and he had a job. Can't just leave the job to play skee-ball. One more shot to take. And then he's done. He took the shot and got the high score for the night. 1,000 tickets. They went and used those tickets. Not on teddy bears or anything like that. No, they wanted the lava lamp. The one with the neon red bubbles that just flowed forever. Never stopping. Oh, and some pixie sticks, please. They plugged the lava lamp in on the outside outlet at the office right next to the arcade. They didn't know whose office it was. They didn't care. They just wanted to see that neon red glow and feel that powder on their tongue. Daniel never forgot that moment. Even five years later. And at this point in time, he would give anything to go back to that moment in time and just stay there. But a job's a job, no matter how difficult it may be. And sometimes the people that we have to work on are the people that we at least want to work with. He reconciled himself by thinking if the shoe was on the other foot, she would have done it too. But she would have done it with a smile on her face her laugh jingling like wind chimes in the afternoon sun. They were supposed to meet up at about six. That gave him some time to prepare. He checked his supplies, made sure that they were all there. He didn't think he was going to need them, not with her, but there was always a chance. There's always a chance. There's always a chance, he thought. And then he suppressed that thought because if there was a chance that she was getting away, that meant that he was not, and that couldn't work for him at all. So he put that thought as far away as possible, down next to the first time that he had to operate on somebody. That was a good time. Scary, but good. And we'll never be the same, he thought to himself sardonically, and then laughed a little bit, and then stopped when he remembered what he had to do later on that evening. We could just leave together, he thought. But that wasn't an option either. Unless both of them wanted to see an appointment later on that couldn't be canceled and could not be rescheduled. He needed to go through with this now. Oh, what we do for money. Six o'clock came and he was already at the arcade waiting for her. 
6.30 passed, and she still wasn't there, and he began to get worried. Did she know what he was there for? Did she know what the operation was? She arrived. Daniel looked at her and smiled. There was Maya, as beautiful as she had always been, with the smile that would stop the world and make it ask for it again. It was time. He walked over to her, cleared his throat, and she looked up and smiled, laughing. Her laugh twinkling like wind chimes in the afternoon sun. The next day, Daniel went to the local store, searching, searching. Customer service asked if he needed help finding something, and he looked at them and said yes. Where are your wind chimes located? Al four, the service person said. Are there any certain types you're looking for? Yes, Daniel said. I need some that'll jingle like laughter in the afternoon sun. See, so, um. Wow, that's so wow. sad. That was beautiful. Yeah. That was really beautiful. You were way too. But did that nigga turn into an assassin? He did. See? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. It was because I'm like, in this day and age, I listened to Aaron's like four times and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. And I just saw that the business of being an assassin, the business of death, had moved from telegrams to text messages to web addresses. And I was, I mean, at least I didn't think he was a doctor. He said he was an <laughs> operator. <laughs> there was a million ways I could have ruined that story. No, that was good. No, they didn't get in or ruin anyone. No, that was great. It's beautiful. This one was good. A plus Aaron everybody. Was so. How do you feel about it? So, Erica. Hmm. Erica, how do you feel about it? I think that it turned like out overall. beautifully. Overall, I think it turned out beautifully. It's different stories. Um, Jess and Aaron hitting that one magical moment where they were both thinking the same thing, which was awesome. Um, but I think that the transformation from beginning to end, each piece was great. Like the whole story was great. I'm not sorry that we lost Henry. <laughs> yeah, Henry, Henry, Henry went away. I, I was on me. I, I, I didn't, I, I, was, I was like, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> So much description. I was like, we're gonna, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to lose Henry, and he just got lost from one episode to the next. Too, like, we didn't even replace the actor. We didn't even write him out. He went to New you know, he went into the woods. He didn't come out. These things happen sometimes. No, Henry, Henry went up to his room. He went up to Jamie's room <laughs> and just yeah. never. Rip Henry, which is why I was like, who the fuck is he? <laughs> Rip. Actually, actually, and he, he was like a. Partner. In hindsight, in hindsight, Aaron, that's what I feel like right now. Like, 
Where's Wallace? There's like where Henry, Henry go? Henry was a figment. Henry was um a figment of um Daniel's imagination. He was imagining Henry. Right. He is bringing down years. Stuff up. So yeah, that, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. So that's where Henry is. He's, he's in. Yeah. He's in Daniel's mind. The hell on cope. Yeah. After being death the Right. He, he's his imaginary friend. Right. <laughs> right. Huh. Works for me. He has know. terrible um, imaginary friends. <laughs> I mean, what we should do is we should pile on all the characters that get you. We all need them. We should, we should take all the characters that get written out and just write a story about all the characters that got written out. <laughs> just take Carlos. <laughs> all these other guys and Henry and these characters that get changed drastically or removed completely from beginning to end and make a story about those guys. We get to call a story Rick the Dream. <laughs> so, uh, does does anybody want to explain where the fuck the full moon went? It was in the beginning. Yeah, the full moon. Yeah, yeah, there was a full moon in the beginning. It was totally fine. We moved on from that. Right. Yeah. So we got all three cards written uh, into a wonderful story uh, featuring Henry. <laughs> um, In memoriam of Henry. Yes. Okay. Poor Henry. <laughs> he tried. Poor Henry. Yes, it, it's it's oh, quite man. sad. He tried to kill death. It backfired. Poor Henry. <laughs> the beer. Saw so, he. Saw Daniel for what he was and tried to kill him first. <laughs> In the next episode. And it wasn't going to happen. No. That's that combo right there. Or I'll just come back. This episode is like Don Cheadle. Henry was Terrence Howard. I'll yeah. be right back, man. <laughs> Come back and Don Cheadle and every aware. So um, I think the clear title of this episode is "Oh Henry." <laughs> um, or death.com, one of the two. Um, I feel like Henry should get his shine. Let's get Henry. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with that one. That one. Any uh, closing thoughts or anything about what could have been different in that story? Depends on I, uh, Aaron. I sure I, I shorthanded that third part. I'm not gonna act like I didn't. I totally did. I uh, I did. I didn't mean to. I forgot. I, it's a part of me where I, I forgot that you don't hear Jess's part. So it was like you ever read the stand where they would have the little mini stories between chapters about people yeah. fucking up and all their sort of nonsense. Which was my favorite part of that book, by the way. One of the best things, I love that part in any book about anything, any world-building book. But I did that, but I kind of ignored, like, the full moon and, like, Henry's whole ass self. <laughs> and you know, as a result, I kind of put you, I kind of hamstrung, I kind of put you in a situation where you just had, like you said, three crackers and, like, an open bottle of water, you know, and the <laughs> like, yeah, that's on me. 
I'll own that. My bad, Rashani. Actually, you know, the, the other thing, and this has no connection to this, it's just in my own head. A story I wrote a long time ago um, had people who were sending assassins out for jobs. And the people who were sending assassins out for jobs were called the operators because you never knew where they were calling from. They called from a place called the corporation. They didn't have a number. They would just call and tell you, they would dispatch you out. So as soon as I heard two things, operator and Maya, I'm like, yes! <laughs> I know this story. I don't know how they know my life, but we're going in. <laughs> so that is my fault because I heard what I wanted to hear, which... It's still great, though. Can we... Like, I was say, you can your story? When's your mm-hmm. story dropping? Oh, man. Uh, as soon as the story of Henry, your <laughs> <laughs> carrier extraordinaire, uh, comes out. Um, but it's, it's, I loved it. I really do. Um, I'm excited to see how this is going to continue as we continue to grow mm. as storytellers. I mean, except for Erica, who's at like level 98, and now <laughs> she's just like grinding to get to level 99 to become like, her final form. <laughs> I, I have a question. Um, and just say written or freestyle, because I am curious. Me personally, I don't write my story. I don't write any of it except for I wrote down Daniel and I put the heels of veteran assassin. I wrote down that you spoke about the history of work. Um, before we go, the next cards will be a subject of a medical experiment in a secret meeting. Can we write this down somewhere? Because I'm going to forget some bad shit. Yeah, I'll type it out. I'll type it out too. Type subject of a medical experiment with a secret meeting or in a secret meeting with a particularly inconvenient phobia. Oh. Like. Sounds like somebody hates black people. <laughs> <laughs> For everybody who's listening, we greatly appreciate it. Um, you can check us out at Storytellspin on Twitter. Uh, you can also check out the Facebook page and you can check us out at storytellerspod.com. Again, for Jessica, Erica, Aaron Rand Freeman and myself, along with LSPN, the storytellers. Y'all have a wonderful day. <laughs>